What is up, everybody? We have another episode of the Calcio Nostro podcast coming at you thick and fast right now. We got Galano here. We got Mike here. We got Marco here. The other two Juve guys are coming later. We don't want them here right now. This is our time to shine. But getting right into it, you know, we've been starting to do these predictions. And now, after these last week of results, we have some interesting movement going on. So let me pull up their predictions right now. Okay. So, for the record, this is the second time we're going through the yeah, results. Yeah, I kind of we went through it first, realized we were haven't been recording. I, I forgot to hit I hit again. I forgot to hit the record button on the whole set, so I do apologize to the two podcasts I could give less of a shit about. Um, that being said, you know, big winner this weekend on the podcast was Rocco with 4 points getting the Napoli Milan game completely right and getting the Bologna and Torino game result-wise correct. In second comes Mike, who got the Fiore-Verona game completely right. And then tied for third are me and Galan with one point each. We both got the... I got the... If I'm looking at the Napoli-Milan game right with the Milan win. And Galano got the Sass fiore game. The, uh, sorry, Fiore-Verona game with the draw. Now, in terms of the table, you know, this is all we care about. We got to know who's going to get that bad jersey at the end. Don't forget, Julia had the big fat zero. Oh, I do apologize. You know, it's so relevant that I just, I figured to just gloss over. There's no change in his status. Yeah. So still in first is Galano with 21 points. Mike is in second with 17 points. Rocco coming up thick and fast with 14 points in third. Me, Marco with 11 points in second to last. And at the bottom of the heap, good old Julio with nine points. But it, it's it, only two points. It's it's, it's still, only two points. I mean, it's only 10 points between me and you. That could get that, that could go away in a weekend. It's true. It's true. Go away in a weekend. But, you know, aside from that, that's what the race is currently going to be. We're going to post it on our Twitter. Again, our Twitter is at, at Calcio underscore Nostro. For those that want to follow and see what's going on, what we're doing there. But, you know... For the main reason of the pod, we're going to dig into this past weekend of Serie A results. Obviously, we got to talk about the Napoli-Milan game. I don't want to make this podcast so depressing. So, Mike, what are your thoughts on the game? <laughs> what are your initial reactions to it? I, I, I guess the biggest thing for me is that I don't know how to call Milan games. <laughs> I've been wrong like three of the last four weeks. Uh I'm shocked that they came out with three points. They're, these are massive, massive three points. I think like probably the second biggest win of the year. I think, yeah, that's right. The derby has we to be took first. three from Inter. Yeah, so I think second biggest win of the year. It seemed like, like it was so insignificant that he forgot about it. Yes, you're like, oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah, the Inter game totally forgot. I about just it. want, I just wanted to rub it. Oh yeah. Um, but I think, like, context of it, it looked like Napoli was getting ready to have this surge, and Milan kind of dents them and does it in uh, at the Maradona, which I think is, you know, part of the reason why I'm so shocked about this. I don't think Milan looked particularly strong. But at the same time, it was kind of like Napoli lost the game rather than Milan won it, if, if that makes sense. I think Napoli was even poorer than Milan was. I really don't remember anything other than two good chances for Milan. The goal, which Giroud did phenomenally well on, that was just pure instinct. And like, just such a Giroud goal. I I really love him. He's been such a good add to the team. Uh, And then the Salamaker shot, which, I mean... (laughs) He, he, He riled me of three points. 
Like if Milan had that two nothing goal advantage, I was convinced Nabi would probably get one back, and then boom, I would have had three points out of the one point for the prediction. But I mean, I don't know what he's doing there. Like taking touch, <laughs> control the ball, and then and then you can beat Ospina pretty easily. Like yeah, I, I I get that he's not a striker, but bad decision. They get the three points anyway. Um, things that stood out for me, uh, I think the Teo uh, Osiman fights are the reasons why. You watch the game. You just love watching yeah. the flopping, and then, <laughs> and then, oh my god, that flop was that was bad. Oh yeah, but the thing is, like, so the fury. My thing is that in any other game that's not that magnitude, he probably gets that call. Like when you think about care. it, because things people in the box when you're the defending team in the box and you get any type of contact, the ref is so <laughs> quick to blow a whistle. It's like it. I I don't condone it by any means, but in any other game, he gets that call. Funny thing is, Osimhen was probably better off leaving him on the floor because there'd be a man down in the box. That's the funny part. Yeah, but then they'll possibly the ref would <laughs> they, stop they, play. They just yeah, he just needs to get knocked on his ass by somebody bigger than him. Otherwise, though, on some serious notes, like I, I thought, Milan did well to keep like a pretty good shape the entire game. Mm-hmm. I think they kept Napoli in check a lot, and, and they hit them hard on the counter. Um, I think that. Kessie didn't really stand out so much in the first half, had a better second half. Um, he, he, I mean, he's so strong. It's crazy. Like watching like them try to take the ball off of him in the last few seconds there. Like, yeah, that was so reminiscent of like the last year's Atalanta game, like at the end of the season where he's holding the whole team off with his back. So that was cool to see. Um, otherwise, you know, it's just like a good, squad performance from Milan. Um, in terms of Napoli, I didn't really understand some of the changes towards the end of the game. Yeah. Uh, why do you put on Mertens there? Put on, I mean, put, you can put on Mertens, but like, why isn't Petania coming on and you're just swinging the ball in? So, oh, I have a lot of gripe about how Napoli played, but I, I have to commend purely on this. When initially coming out, when he did the 4-2-3-1 formation and he put... Kessier in the hole behind the striker. I didn't realize why he was doing that. But then when I started looking at how Milan were pressing, he was so good at just disrupting the middle and breaking up that aspect of Milan of Napoli's game. Yeah. Because Napoli's main threat is through the middle with Zielinski, with Fabian Ruiz, with Elmas when he comes on. Like that's how Napoli played. Their wingers were they were hampered at the wing spot because you have Insigne who's like playing with two left feet and you have Politano who's only good when you're running in behind. So by you cutting out the middle, you're cutting out the service to Osimhen. And from there, it's like that was a great tactical move by Pioli. I thought the game was very 50-50. I think for the first like 20 minutes, Napoli played well. And then I thought Milan played really well at the end of the first half. And then beginning of the second half, I think Milan kind of kept that pace and Napoli kind of somewhat took it back. And then, so it was a very even game. I think one nothing is justifying of the scoreline. Um, sorry, justifying of the play. But I, like you mentioned, the substitutions made no sense. Like if you're putting Mertens on, he's not going to come on in the 75th minute and be immediately effective. If you're going to make that sub, you bring him on the 60th minute because he's older. He needs more time to get into games. Right, like I think if you put him oh. on the 60th and you take off Insignia, I think that's the right move. But you also need to 
bring on Elmas and you take out Zielinski, I thought was should have been the case. You force Elmas out left. You make it so it's like a two forward system where uh, Osimhen's the out and out striker, and you have Mertens in a more center forward position with Fabian Ruiz and um, Labotka behind. That's what should happen, in my opinion. And I, like, are you criticizing Spalletti right now, Marco? I I love you. The better man. watch your tongue. No, I love the man. But yes, in this instance, I am like the this the switches he made positionally and tactically just made no sense. He, it it seemed like he didn't want to chase the game until the very very end when it was too late. That's how I saw it. Like if Lozano's healthy, why aren't you putting him on sooner? He's another attacking player. Like it it was stuff like that that just I didn't understand at all. I I just think that in that. At that time, when when Dries Mertens is coming on, I think it's more effective to put on a bigger body like Petania, honestly, because Mertens is going to hit you more so through passing play through the middle. Mm-hmm. And when Milan's locking up for the last 15 minutes, it's going to be tougher to feed him this type of service he needs to score. Whereas I think, like, I'm not saying Petania is a dude who can make something out of nothing, but it he's a huge guy and if they can just whip a decent ball into the box he's a massive target he's at least yeah. pulling one of Milan's center backs with him um so i didn't really get that a couple of, going off a couple of things that you said one i think the pressing was was a good point milan pressed yeah crazy well in the first half and mm-hmm. the tempo was so high yeah but then there was a period for in the second half like in the 60th ish minute when when it just looked like both teams were just dead, yeah, they just they, couldn't run anymore. Yeah, because I remember one time Milan got the ball in transition, and there it's just like layout taking the ball up, and the entire rest of the team is behind him, just gassed. Mm-hmm. Um, so good. I mean, good on them for putting in that long of a shift. I think it it broke Napoli down, like making them work that hard, but it took its toll on Milan too. Um, I'm forgetting the other thing I was gonna say. Like, yeah. ha- so, the the point that I wanted to make was one, Kalulu. Im- oh, that, that's what it was. Kalulu played brilliant, impeccable. He was he was fantastic, and and we've been saying all along, Tomori is by far your best center back. Um, Kyer is very good, but Tomori is definitely your your best <laughs> center back. Um, and then Kalulu, I mean, do you need another center back? I think I think for depth, yeah, we do. Especially like you're thinking about the beginning of the of the next season, where most likely we're going to be in Champions League. At the very least, you're going to be in Europe. Well, yeah, that's what happened um, when you win the Scudetto. You're at least in Champions. League. Oh my God! Oh, here we go. Just He's saying. trying to put let, the let, let, him, let, him, let him say his point. I'm just saying. No, I I just think like it's always smart to have four at least. Um, and you're losing Romagnoli. I don't know if Kalulu can do that every match. Like, obviously, he did it against one of, like, what, the two best strikers in Italy and Osiman. I don't know if I'm willing to count on him like that yet. And I'm sure that Milan will. And it looks like we're bringing in Botman. So I guess, you know, we kind of have four uh, for next year in Tamori, Kair, Botman, if he comes in. And then Kalulu, who's this kind of hybrid that can play out on the wing, too. Um so I guess it could work. And then never forget about Gabia, the legend. So, <laughs> But Romagnoli is not in the rotation? Well, like it looks like it's about a done deal with him to Lazio. Oh, wow. Which is a cool move for him. I was to say, he, he was a Lazio oh. fan back in the day. Yeah, yeah. Because when he came to Milan, like he trolled all the Roma fans by putting on a Lazio jersey and tweeting it. 
Well, yeah, the crazy part is that he like grew. He was in the Roma Academy. And, yeah. Um, oh, I yeah. think it was Berlusconi's like last purchase or something like that was Romagnoli. It was that crazy summer where they brought in him, Bertolacci, <laughs> and somebody else, and they spent ninety million on the three players, and everyone was like, "This is it." Bertolacci's a wonder kid. Capitano and, Futuro. That's what Romagnoli was ever since they, they were. Yeah. Ever since they purchased him. Um, and then your midfield, Kessier, um, Benacer. First of all, Benacer was. I, I was literally onto um, my he tongue. Was everywhere. Yeah. Absolutely everywhere. And Tonali, is that your starting midfield? It seems like Pioli's been riding with that. I don't think he trusts Brahim anymore. I think, yeah, I think you're right. He's been playing those three, and I was pretty skeptical of it at first because I was like, where's the creativity coming? But it's been fine. And I guess there's kind of something working in terms of getting your most talented midfielders on the pitch at the same time. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, like, I mean, we've spoken about it on this show a bunch. Like, Raheem is struggling. He's been on the struggle bus since, like, October. So Of course, the one game he shows out was the derby. Yeah. So... I, listen, I think I was looking at the fixture list, and I, I think Milan have a pretty. They, I don't know what it is, but their their schedule looks like. Geez, this has to be one of the easiest second halves of the season I've seen. Well, Inter has a decent run in as well. well. That, yeah, after it played everybody in consecutive order, but it feels like all Milan's big games are sporadic, are completely yeah. spread out. Like mm-hmm. they're they have time to recover and all that. Um, I think it's only at the end of the season where they have Fiorentina, Atalanta. And I think they have Lazio. And Lazio, I think that that's that's where they're going to really have to earn it. Um, we'll see how how they bounce back. But do you in your mind, in your mind, do you think you pretty much locked up top 4? Top 4 probably. Um, and that's like a symptom of a couple of things. I think like one Milan's got enough points and and you should trust this team that they're not going to have too many like Spezia and Salernitana incidents again. Like they should go out and win the games that they should win. Um, but that's much easier said than done in Serie A. Uh, two, I think Atalanta's injury problems have been like so much more impactful yeah. than we ever could have thought. It's basically taken them, what, from like third place into yeah. fifth? Um, I think that there's a pretty comfortable buffer between the two teams. So I think it would take some really poor play over a long period of time. And there just aren't that many games left for Milan to lose that many points Yeah, if Milan plays like Milan. So I think, like knock on wood, obviously, I think that Milan is all but confirmed UCL next, yeah. next season. Not, Napoli have a really hard run-in after this game because after this game they have... I don't think this week coming... Yeah, they have Verona next week. I mean, they have Udine, which is not, you know, hard. But, you know, you never know with Napoli. Then they, they're at Atalanta. Then they're home to Fiore. Then they're home to Roma. Then they're away to Empoli. And then they're home to Sass. Away to Torino. Home to Genoa, which is should be a winnable game. And then end the season away to Spezia. So you have five to six really hard games in there yeah. for them. Um, now, to you, for Napoli, Scudetto over, right? Yeah. I, I think that 
that again, like I said, I said this on the last pod. The reason why I picked against him is because when it came down to big games, let's, let's recap. The only big teams that they beat were Juve. Yeah, they and they did it. If you remember when they beat them, they it were was they were half horrible. of this team was stuck in South America. Yeah. yeah, that was one. And then the other one was like they didn't have Lavic yet, and so they didn't like oh they didn't get Zac- Zac- Zacadia either. So it's like. They got they lucked out and getting two one wins against Juve. Other than that, they tied Milan I think in the first half of the season. Then they lost. They lost to Inter and they tied Inter. They still have the other half of the big teams left to play. But though you against the two main title contenders as of right now, you got you got what two points out of the whole thing yeah. out of a possible what is that twelve. Like, but 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 this is the thing about, and I'm sorry to interrupt, but this is the thing about Napoli that every goddamn season yeah. leaves me scratching my head because, like, I don't, I, like, my like my mother's from Naples. I have a soft spot for that team. They're the only team in the south of Italy. I want to see them do well, yeah. and like, especially more so if it's going to be Inter or Juve. Fuck, give it to Napoli, in my opinion, right? And the thing that drives me crazy about this team because I like them is that they always, always don't show up for the big moments. Like, they should have beat that. Like, the most recent match against Inter, they were the better team. Yep. They blew that. Yep. And on paper, they should have taken these three points from Milan. Milan's coming off of a derby midweek. They're coming on poor form. And they didn't look that good in this game. And you're at your home stadium, which yeah. is supposed to be a fortress, and you blow it. Yep. Like, it's the most Napoli thing I've ever yeah, heard. And it drives you insane because... I mean, obviously, it's too early to tell right now, right? It's like, you bring in Spalletti. What are your aspirations for Spalletti? Is it top four? He'll get you that. He'll get you top four. You have, right now, you have a, I would say you have this season and next season as a limited window to capitalize on this talent. Because I think if Fabian Ruiz is going to stay, it's going to be at most next year he's going to leave yeah. after that. That's one. This is a contract year for him Exactly, right now, right? yeah. That's one. Two. If Osterman sees this next year he's, and he plays similar output without getting hurt, he's going to look to go to the Premier League or Spain, right? That That's inevitable. Koulibaly, he might be the only one you can say is going to stay at Napoli forever. I still don't know that. that but that's the thing. It's still a question. That's, that's the only somewhat certainty yeah. we have. And we thought Insigne uh, was going to stay here forever, and he's gone at the end yeah. of the summer. That's, that's another thing. Radamani might go to a bigger club. They might go to one of the two Milan teams or Juve. You never know. Like you start having these, and these not, question not to marks mention, about like it. Just going off of that, Ospina's thirty-four and all, like off of a contract this year. And like, yeah, I like Murray, Moret, like however they feel like pronouncing it, given the day. Yeah, but like he's he hasn't proven anything. Yeah, yeah, and I think right now, right now the the goal this year should be be top four. I think that's still a good season compared to last season because you just missed out. If you are in top four comfortably. Improvement of a season, kudos. But that means next year you got to contend. I, you got you got to be in that position where it's like, okay, we have the success. We're in Champions League. We got the extra money. Let's capitalize on it. I am convinced. I am convinced. If Napoli, the reason why Napoli has the problems that it does is is Insigne. Like I, I, yeah, I agree. No, I, I, I agree. He's not. A, he, you need a leader in the attack, and he's not that. No. He's not that. I, okay, I will. I'll pose this question to you. Napoli with Berardi instead of Insigne this season. Do they win the Scudetto? Uh, uh, 
You know, I'm a big Berardi with all with all no? the injuries and everything. Everything included. like like they're pl- like you're you're getting Berardi with this performance level. <clears throat> I don't think Scudetto. I think second. I think they get second. I think a minimum second, though. Minimum second. Well, yeah, but yeah, when I mean second, second, it's going to be a dogfight. You have to the look end. up the <clears throat> look up the num- the numbers for Insigne. <clears throat> Insigne's done dog last this year. week. Was the first goal, Lazio, and that's it. I think last yeah. week was the first goal he scored in the run of play. Yeah, from a, yeah, from live ball. That was the first goal he scored yeah. since last May. Yeah. Uh, so, so Berardi, yeah. in this in this team, yeah. does it's not a, play win a, the Scudetto. It's a hundred percent improvement, but I don't. I still, I still don't think they win it. They're not going to win the Scudetto with Berardi in this team. I don't think so. I think they. It's within like a two to three point gap. I still think Inter, just on paper wise, is You're a better team. Mike, I don't know. I like. I think I went into this year thinking Inter was way deeper than they are, and they're not. Like. Yes. Yes. Inter's vulnerable. And I think like 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 Berardi's like one of these guys. He's a difference maker, man. Like he's a seriously good player. I just want to go on my weekly Berardi tirade right now. I saw a uh I saw a graph this week that plotted like uh like hockey points. It was like assists and goals yeah. uh from all right wingers in Europe over like the last like three to five years, something like that. And the man is third in Europe. Yep. The man's third in Europe. Like, he's such a good, dynamic player. And, and I mean, like, not to mention, like, obviously I saw it on, like, Milan Twitter. So, like, people were like, these numbers are skewed. He plays for a bad team. And I'm like, he obviously, I mean, like, he's the guy at Sassuolo, but you're absolutely insane if you can't see that he's talented. Like, this dude... Like, yeah, he lost his starting job to Chiesa, but Chiesa must be a top 10 valuable player in the world yes. right now. Yeah. I mean, Berardi goes goes to Napoli. I like that. That's a good hypothetical. So I'd say minimum second. So I'll pose this to Rocco then since he just entered the chat. Rocco. Yes. This Napoli team, Napoli team with Berardi, you get the same level of performance with Berardi, and he just replaces Insigne. Does Napoli win the Scudetto? I like him better than Insigne, so so I'd say yeah. You said I they, think so. Yeah, I mean, yeah. granted, assuming you know Juve doesn't yeah, win. Yeah, I was about to say if Juve is not winning it, then well, Juve or Fiorentina. Yeah, yeah, Juve are going to win. Fair. So yeah, exactly. Like, um, like other than Juve, do you think Napoli would win the Scudetto with Berardi at this level of performance? I think so. I think, I think so. so. Too. I was saying to Mike the other day just how deep their team is, like. They brought, I know Mertens isn't like the Mertens of old, but like bringing him off the bench and and Lozano like late on in the game. Yeah, All right, I was like on. they have so much fire. Time out. Time out. Okay. Time out. No, no, no. I, I know you're about to go down and tear up Lozano, right? Look at the top three right now. Yeah. Right? I'm sorry, I forget Juve's down the top three right now, but like pick put Juve in Soon there enough. as well. Yeah. Right. You look at bench players, bench wingers right now. You're telling me Lozano isn't the top five bench players? Off the uh, on the wing, you're gonna take Salamakers and Macias over him. Okay, All yeah, right. fair. Exactly. Well, I take both of those guys over, but I <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. But the thing is, I, like, I don't never get old. To me. I know I beat that horse every week, but I'll, it'll never get old that people think <laughs> that they're better than Berardi. So, um, so I, I think like just real. Yeah, yeah go, go sorry, ahead. Go no, ahead, no, no, you're good, you're good, you're good, you're good. I think like going off of the point that you started this with, guy. 
the screwed thing about Insignia and like it's cool, like the story behind it's cool. It's cool that he's a Neapolitan. It's cool that he led this team for so long. The screwy thing right now that Spalletti and Napoli find themselves in is that they have to play him. Like there's like you can't bench the dude like one. He makes too much money. And I think that there would be a fan revolt. Yep. Yep. He's trying. He's this is his swan song year, you know, like he's saying goodbye. And he sucks, and I, and I think it's it's going it's going from goodbye to good riddance at this point. You damn right it is. It should. I mean, I, listen, I've been beating the drum for a long time. I think I think Insigne has been overrated. And I, but I we beginning of the pod, one of the first few episodes, we said, you know, he's a he's a fantasy, right? Like he is a kid that grew up right outside the Sao Paulo, looking at the stadium and growing up a big Napoli fan, like. We get it. We understand that. There's very few stories like that. Like Totti is the one that comes to mind, right? So I get it. But on the field right now, he's abysmal. He is a liability. Yeah, he is a liability, and that's why you t- you replace him with with a stat stuffer like Berardi right now. And the reason why this comes up is because Berardi is linked to Napoli as a replacement for Insigne, and so. I'm, I pose the question. I think Napoli, because on paper, we all agree. I think on paper, they're the best team in Serie A. Right? Like, I, I think depth-wise, oh, I agree. no team can I don't know. Can I like happen. Inter. Yeah. For, for I like Inter starting also. 11. Yeah. I think, like, depth-wise, if you're looking at a 23-man, it's got to be Napoli. I don't think any other team in Serie A could have had the injuries that and, and Africa Cup that, that Napoli dealt with and still be in the top four. True. I famously predicted that they would drop out of the top four because of those injuries yeah. and AFCON. Yeah. And now they've, they've stayed there. Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned that the on paper thing, and I hate going to the edge, oh, like the game is playing on the field, God. but no, no, no. <laughs> regardless of that, right. You said same performances as this season, except you just put in senior with Berardi. Yes. I don't think your problems are solved that easily. Oh, no, I, I think it's a part of it. You also have to explain the Zielinski missing for half the season. You have to go with all the other midfielders that are hurt. Demez looked like a shell of himself. Lobotka has no capability. So the only midfield at that point you have is Fabian Ruiz and Anguisa, who was hurt. Listen, I'm going to be I'm honest just, with you. I'm just, I'm just going to say, like, that's like, I know I'm a big doomsday sayer from my own team, but you guys are in third place. You know, like, <laughs> things are not going that no, poorly. I, that no, I'm, I'm not saying it's like, I'm saying it's like, I'm just trying to refute the point that like the, you just plug and play Brado with Insigne. I don't think it's just that. To be honest, well, I think it probably adds at a minimum like eight goals. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Also, Fair. also, I'm sorry, Insigne does not seem the type of guy that I want to share a locker room with. At all? No, that's fair. Like I, I, I saw, I saw the was it Sky or Rai that did the the Italian, uh, the Italy docu documentary the Wembley that, thing. Yeah, exactly. Like he's a jokester. He seems like some, the thing is pretty funny. He seems like he, yeah, he seems like he lines up the moon and everything. But if you're looking at him as the captain, I don't want that guy as a captain. Absolutely not. I think. No I think. First of all, you lead a revolt against Ancelotti, you have serious problems as a human being. Right, like Ancelotti is like known as the ma- as the man's manager, the player's manager. Yeah. Yeah. Like the fact that you're leading a rebellion against that guy when you haven't even sniffed a trophy in your entire career. Yeah. I have a serious problem. He probably suggests like, oh, Insigne, like maybe who, you should who, sit. Who does Insigne yeah. think he is to tell Ancelotti he's not good at his job? Right, like that to me was the biggest like black mark on Insigne in my in my personal opinion. Yeah. So to me, that's one thing. I alone, I would go as far as to say, Napoli is. Addition by subtraction 
by him gone. I, 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 I firmly believe that. Agree with and you. then you're going to give me a stat stuff for like Berardi. I'm I'm more and more so talking myself into them winning the Scudetto if they had Berardi instead of Insigne. Right now. Have you guys have you guys seen I don't know if you've watched any uh any MLS so far this year but like his jersey features really prominently in their promo stuff even though uh, <laughs> even though he hasn't even gotten What what number did they give him? 24. Oh. Yeah, who cares? I got just like, one more comment about the Insignia thing and the mutiny. What a different guy Aurelio is pre and post that. Like, I feel like you don't see any news anymore being like De Laurentiis is like bitching about stuff. I think he's like a lot quieter because he j- he's just tired out by like the players and stuff. I don't even think it's just all the players. I think it's just Insignia. Like, think about, like if you think about all the players that make commotion, Lozano had that one comment. About playing at a bigger club when he doesn't deserve it, but other than that, who else has made noise? Two, well, two things. One, I think De Laurentiis put a lot of pressure on Napoli last year because he spent ninety million on Osimhen. Yeah, he got went out and got Ancelotti. I think he saw last year as the window to win it. You know, Juve stepping down, Juve losing players. Um, and not not being top, I don't think that he predicted Inter doing as well as they did. Yeah, and he was like, last year, that was our year to win, and that's why he put pressure. You mm-hmm. know, remember when Gattuso got hired, he he put them in basically like like public uh, retiro, right? He they they had no press. Yeah, Gattuso didn't get any any questions whatsoever. So I I think he. I think this year he's kind of just like, I haven't invested any money in the club. If I keep my mouth shut, no one can blame me, depending on what happens. Right? Yeah. So I, that's that's where I stand on that. But I think we, we, beat, the, we beat the horse. I beat the horse with two sticks. I didn't have one. I had two. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm so fed up with that whole situation. All right. We got to move on before I, I blow more gaskets. Okay. We are going to move to Inter. Oh, yeah. Finally, goals galore! <laughs> Five goals for two guys. Look at you. I was you, guys, you guys are good. You guys was, might be good this year. I was literally sitting next to somebody. I was like, who's also an Inter fan? I was like, oh, you know, Lautaro, this scoring drought is really ridiculous. But I guarantee you, he'll put three away today. And I, and of course, right on cue, <laughs> like, like so anytime, like when the game doesn't matter, that's when he shows up. Though he did score a rocket today. He and, did. And we've discussed this. I've said this on the pod. From 20 yards out, bangs it. Easy. It, like, Dude. Like he crushes it. But from a foot with an open net, he can't He can't hit it. So Slaritan, I was taking a look at it because he had two big misses early. Yeah. And I was using the penalty spot as a reference point. <laughs> all his goals came from behind the penalty spot. <laughs> and all it's his true. misses were right in between the six-yard box and the penalty box. I was just... My guy was working... At, no, you were in uh, Vegas. I was in Vegas. He was in Vegas. I was home just watching the game. I was dying laughing to myself because I was like, what we've said is true. He, it, it's that penalty spot to the byline. He just can't score. He just... 30, 30 yards out. A, 20-yard shot against Allison, one of the best goalkeepers in the world, fucking buries it. Upper 90, opposite post. Tap in. Can't do it. I, it it's it's an anomaly. With, with Consigli on the goal, uh, on the floor, yeah. he can't Concee tap it in. versus Allison are two yeah. different plethoras of talent. Yeah, Meanwhile, but Consigli's very intimidating. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> He's on form. With the man bun. Um, I, like, I don't even know what to say. I I took nothing of it. Like I almost went. I was like, they're gonna they're gonna destroy Sunny Tana. and the crowd. Everyone's gonna be like, into her back. Here we go. 
No, they're not back. I can I when we get to predictions, you'll see my prediction for the Torino game that's coming. It's always up. one nothing. No, I'm not gonna go there, but it you'll see. I yeah. I I have zero confidence. Are you gonna say a four nothing Torino wrong? No, no, I'm not gonna say that because Inter's defense I trust. Yeah. I just uh offensive. With the day. defense today, Screener and Bastoni put it everyone knows like we're fucking legit. I think Screener is the Okay. He's the third Watch best, it. He's the third best center back in Serie A. Behind Vlavic? <laughs> First, we'll get to you in a second. I'm not going to touch that topic. <laughs> We're not going to talk about the worst game of the weekend, but um, I think it's Koulibaly, Bremer, and then... Yeah, Koulibaly. Yeah. Raw talent, like talent, everything, like Koulibaly by far. Yeah. Bremer, season performance-wise, has been his second in my book, and then Skriniar, for me, has been... A godsend. I the, mean, he's been in, yeah. incredible. And then the, Tomori fourth. The amount of blocks I've seen is such shade. I don't know. Getting thrown at the whole Juve back line here. Yeah, I, I kind of feel like I'm. I'm pretty sold on Bastoni at this point. Yeah, as dude. like a complete player. Yeah, I think I think Bremer is probably better as a like yeah. pure defender and one on one. But if you're asking like, okay, but like, I don't know. Bastoni with his feet is really good. It reminds yeah. me of not shit Bonucci. You mean not back, Milan back before he went to Milan? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not Milan Bonucci. Bastoni. We said it earlier on a different pod. Bastoni is one of the few center backs that you can plug into any system—a Pep system, a club system, an Inzaghi system, a Conte system—and he knows what to do exactly when he gets there. Maybe take a game or two to figure out the system, and then boom, he's the best center back and uh, one of the best center backs. And the guy's only what 22, 23 right now. Yeah, like talk about for the Azzurri, like this is this is so promising from from a national team standpoint. Yeah, and he's left footed, which is rare. Let's not talk well, about actually, the on the Italian national team, it's not right. Yeah, Italian national team. We have like three left-footed center backs on the Italian yeah. national team. Yeah. So, um, and think about it, you got I, points that Milan didn't against Salernitana. True. I I think that the, <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, uh, out of all the games that Milan could could lose, I, I think the Genoa one. I think they could also drop points because they have a history of doing it. Um, if is De- if Destro is still playing for Genoa, I don't even remember. Then he will one hundred percent score against Milan. I can bet anything on that. Um, no, I, I think the most encouraging thing for me was to see Barella being more active, like seeing that he had like fresher legs. Um, he looked like he was trying to go after it, which I think we haven't seen that that much. Um, and Brozovic looked good as well, so. I mean, Salernitana, so we'll see against Torino. Joric is apparently, like, chomping at the bit to beat them. So um, you'll see my prediction when it comes. I don't think we're going to be as fortunate. I wish that I could even be like, you know, it, you're basically playing a Serie B team, so you can't take too much. But I'm like, fuck, man. Like, Milan legitimately <laughs> <laughs> drew a Serie B team. Uh, but what do you make of the comments? I don't know if you saw, but Inzaghi said that, like, all of the fatigue – was mental. And I don't know that I agree with that because mm. I think Inter looked out of it in some of those recent games. Like the Milan game, like the derby that they just played in the Copa, like both teams looked like sluggish yeah. and broken down. Uh, honestly, if you didn't, I didn't hear about that quote. If you told me, quote, an Italian manager said that the fatigue was only mental, I'd been like, Conte. Conte, absolutely. <laughs> I would have been like, that, that is the most Conte thing I've ever heard. I'm actually shocked that it came from Inzaghi, to be honest. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I I disagree with it. I mean, 
they played the most brutal start to his to the second half of the season that I can remember. They also had to deal with Liverpool in the Champions League, and overtime. Let's not forget they had they had extra time against Empoli in the in the Coppa Italia. Then they have Milan to play with. Like I, it's definitely not mental. Like that midfield is overrun. The like yeah, they're not de- like Vecino, um, Gallardini, and um, and Vidal. You you can't trust them. The three midfielders need to play. And then the th- the three center backs, you can maybe spot D'Ambrosio a game or yeah. Ranocchia against Salernitana, <clears throat> but otherwise, you know they're gone. And then Correa has been hurt all, all like half the season. Yeah, and you had to deal with Lautaro and Zeko. Zeko's thirty five years old, and Lautaro's in a slump. So when he says like fatigue is all mental, I don't think so. I think you're forced into a position where every pl- where these players, the starting eleven, needs to play every minute of every game. So I, I mean. Yeah, if you're not blowing a team out and you can't rotate your your scrub subs in, then you yeah. you know you're you're in, you're in uh, Brozovic. Brozovic, I think, actually went off uh, the game today. I think someone like a slight injury, and that, that I'm not sure. I'm not. I'm about to say I don't, know, I don't know. if you heard anything. I didn't any hear notifications. Anything. I didn't hear anything. I know um, Devray came off with a slight injury. Yeah. Um. I mean, maybe they're just doing that if as a precaution. Pick, if I had to pick between the two, I'd rather Devry get hurt than Bro. Like Bros, yeah. we saw what happens when he's not in that yeah, team. That team does not. Bro- it takes to it marches to a different drum. Yeah. It just it's totally different. So I hope that's not the case. Um, I with Korea back, Inter has a little bit more flexibility formation wise than they do when it's just. Zeko yeah. and, and Alexis and Lautaro. But does he change the formation though? Because it does. Wants, oh, because you're saying because he drops more into yeah, exactly. the and, yeah, yeah. and Hakan can play off of him. It's more free roaming. It's for more Hakan. Fr- exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, him and Alexis, I think, are more of the same style, and I think Correa is better than, I mean, Alexis some games. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I'm. You'll see my pick when it comes to the Torino game. That's all I'm gonna say. All righty, all right. I'll need, Can we it, talk about the zebra in the room. Yeah, seriously, we got both of them in the room. Wait, wait, wait hold on, hold on. I'm sorry. There is a massive zebra elephant in the room right now. <laughs> I just want to pose one quick question, just quickly through the line right here. We'll start with Mike because he's first. Tomori or Harry Maguire? Who are you taking right now? <laughs> are you fucking kidding me? You got to strike while the iron's hot. Oh my god, Harry Maguire is a terrible soccer player. Did you see? Did you see Maguire let that ball go between his legs? For, clown, dude, clown. Eighty million pounds right there. Yeah, tomorrow. Because he's English. Because he's English. So Mike, tomorrow. That's the, that's the only reason. It's he's so not thick. good. So thick. Yeah, but thick is good. Wow. Yep. No, that's the other thing. No, he, doesn't, he doesn't play in England, so he, he gets knocked down forty million. He learned from Maldini. That's Maldini true. said, "Hey, I wore this shirt," and he was like, "Oh." I'm- <laughs> so, so Mike, you take you take it tomorrow. And he, player, he took so a reduced salary after that. Tomorrow also does speak much better Italian. Obviously, tomorrow's yeah. Italian is not bad. I heard the interview is not bad. Not bad. So, Mike, you taking tomorrow? Hundred percent, Rocco. Yeah, I'll take Tamori. I'm Marco. not a big Harry Maguire. Uh, I'm Harry Maguire all the way, baby. <laughs> Julia? Right. Absolutely Maguire. <laughs> Absolutely. Maguire. You saw him in your Euros. Absolutely. I have to say, Julia was one of the first people to beat the, the, the Maguire drum that I've ever heard. He goes, you know, Harry Maguire, best in the world. <laughs> 
he's actually awful. Like, actually, <laughs> he's the worst. Like uh, it, it always. I hate to get off topic from City A, but it always amuses me how much these English teams spend on defenders and how dog shit they end up being. <laughs> it's it's a miracle. The only team that's actually spent a lot on center backs and actually worked well are Liverpool, Man City, because Liverpool got pretty much Van Dyke, yeah. Matip, and Van Van Dyke is actually disgusting. Like watching him today, yeah. he Inter were throwing two center backs at Van Dyke on set pieces, and Inter's supposed to be good at set pieces, and they were. Van Dyke yeah. was rolling. Konate he's like, he's over. massive. Yeah. He is so, so big. Yeah. Yeah. But all right, back to back, City. Uh, I just wanted to get that. Yeah, no, 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 that's it. fair. Totally fair. Um, zebras. You know, sadly, Juve has been on a roll recently. Yo, ladies. We're gonna go with Rocco first. Yeah, yeah, Marco. Let's let's visit that role. A one nil win over Fiorentina with an own goal. <laughs> And a 1-0 win over Spezia at home. Yeah, but it's an away goal. It pains what is me. It that, to, what's the, the like, by a nose thing? The what? In Italian? The Max thing? Yeah. The Corto, Corto Muso? Muso or yeah. something? Yeah. Um, Explain that to the listeners, what that is. It's basically like doing the absolute minimum. Oh. It's like like he's just w- just getting by. Just getting. Oh, I agree. That's what it's called. Yeah, I was, <laughs> I was surprised Arthur wasn't, like, breaking through the lines and, like, creating chances and everything. I, I think he almost he almost scored, <laughs> and that would have been it. <laughs> I, I think we Rocco, all. Rocco I think Rocco would have, would have to host, talk, <laughs> and contribute solely to the pod that day. Um, so I, I have to say, it brought me incredible amounts of pain to think how how happy Julio was. By the way, Fiorentina choked. Fiorentina, own goal. I was like, just let oh, me man. just let me know when I can speak. And go, I'll, no, 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 please go. I, go that was me yeah. queuing it up for you. So. Here's the thing. <laughs> I I may go so far as to say there couldn't have been a better way to beat Fiorentina if I had to like craft a craft like a story or a film and like how could I hurt these fans by by crafting a Juve win. The utter disappointment in that stadium and in that team when when the final whistle blew it looked like Fiorentina just lost a World Cup final. <laughs> The players, they were on their knee. You you don't see players on their knees. like Unless it's like, oh my God, they just lost the Champions League final. It was like Pirlo crying after Juve lost the Champions League. It's like it was, it was it was the semis of the Coppa Italia. They just lost one nothing, and this team mentally collapses. Am I surprised? No. Now, what made it even better was they destroyed us and dominated us. I know they team. did. They really Icone, did. Icone, Icone literally. To see you. What made it it's so beautiful? They came so close. <laughs> oh, they were. Oh, we're, we're so close. We're so close. We just fell short. And it's. And it's oh my it God. Went, it's, uh, it was like it was like Muntari goal school plus like when when Milan hit yeah. the bar against Barcelona back in like 2014. It was all this like. Uh, we were so close to winning. Wrapped in one, the disappointment. Uh, listen, I, I perfect, that is, that perfect. Is so funny. For, for injury, for injury-ridden Juve to go to Fiorentina, get a disgusting, dirty win. Nothing pretty about it, but a classic Allegri win. You couldn't have asked for a better, better win for me. <laughs> in my week, opinion, the, the week was Allegri wins. Jeez, it really was. It, yeah, and it's just what we, we what I've been saying on the pod. It's not going to be pretty for a long time. And it hasn't been pretty, but we've been getting the results, so can't complain. <laughs> that's so funny, uh, Fiorentina. My God, I that I didn't think it was as bad as the stat line showed. It was like what twenty-one shots to one. Yeah, 
Iconis, I think, hit the post twice. You got a feel for them, man. You got a feel for them. Do you? Oh, so close. I can't even like say anything. No, there's nothing to say. Nothing to say. Rocco, thoughts? No, when when they scored, I said to Mike, I was like, utterly dominant performance from you today. Oh, God. Dude, I mean... I'll say this, like my comments, you could just say the same thing for the Fiore game and for the other game. It's just like a one nothing win with 13 senior players available. Like, I'll take it. I don't care. I don't care who's yours. Beautiful. I'll take it. Beautiful. But does it get much better when Juve's healthy? That's my question. Oh, it will. You would hope. Like, how healthy are we talking? Like, like Chiesa it, back next no, season? I, I'm, no, no, no. I'm saying, like, you get your midfield back, right? Like, you started, what, Locatelli? Artur and who was uh, Rabio? Rabio, Rabio, like, Rabio. I, which I, is weird. He came. He was playing out of position. Oh, he he was playing midfield. <laughs> yeah. I was weird. Um, someone not saying hanging someone on the wing. Your comment. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I, like yeah, the midfield is like decimated injury wise. But I still look at that midfield, and I don't think it's much worse if if worse at all. Than uh, than what he would have played if they were all healthy, right? They probably would. They he probably wouldn't have played Artur, and that would that, that that's fucks up, That fucks up the whole thing. You may go so far as to say that this is the best Juve midfield. Yes. I think some people on the spot. Some I people mean, look, would say that. I oh would God. almost say that. Um, I think yeah, with McKinney being done for the season, yeah, that's, that's a big loss. loss. So the only upgrade, the, the only other thing for the midfield that's coming is when Zakaria comes back, mm-hmm. which is apparently pretty soon. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's there's nothing else. So yeah, I don't know. I'll take it. I think that the other reinforcements coming though, right? Like I think you might see Max get a little creative. I wouldn't be surprised if some three man back lines come into play when Chiellini is back. And you have like a, all of the center defenders, right? Just because maybe you can rotate out some of the midfielders by overcompensating with with some center backs, just because otherwise nobody's getting any rests. I mean, even in that game, they started um, Ake right in the in the Fiorentina game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. Bernardeschi is fit now, so like. I wish he would have been fit for the Fiorentina game. I wish Juve could have played Chiesa, <laughs> Bernardeschi, oh. Quadrado, Chiellini, all of them. Obviously, Vlaovic. Y'all are everybody evil. who they could play against. Yeah, Fiorentina. I mean, you guys I mean, are evil people. Aside aside from Slenitana coming up, you guys, we have Samp this um, upcoming weekend. And then after that, you have Slenitana. But midweek, you have Villarreal. Then you have Inter. Then you're way to Coyote. And then you're at home to Bologna in terms of the most recent fixtures coming up. So... You would probably want Zakaria back ASAP, but you have two games on the plate aside from the Villarreal game that you can kind of ease him into. So, what's the report of how long he's going to be out for? I think it's like not too long. I think it was three weeks from when he got hurt, which was last week. Which was last week. So he'll probably be back by the Villarreal game next week. Yeah, they're saying. I think that Dybala is supposed to be back by that game also. Well, well we got, I mean, you guys got to start treasuring his moments now because apparently there are more sharks circling for a signature. Apparently, Barca and Atletico are now in the mix. By the way, you want to know why he's there? Atletico's in the mix for him? Because apparently, Joao Felix is going to Arsenal. Yeah, apparently, is the rumor. I don't believe it for a hot sec. 
But listen, I I don't know Rocco's emotional st- like state <laughs> if Dybala. Le- I'm I'm genuinely worried for you. Yeah, that's scary. I'm honestly concerned for myself. <laughs> but like, if you're Barcelona, why wouldn't you sign him? I mean, this is gonna sound ridiculous. Oh boy! But Here we like, go. Oh no. Oh God! Who better to replace Messi? Oh, <laughs> Spare me! Spare me! Um, I'm just saying, he he would fit that role really well at Barcelona. If he was in Barcelona, I think he scored 25 goals a season. I, I, I don't know, man. The guy the guy is barely on the pitch. Really? I blame the physios at Juve. It's got to be their fault. <laughs> Something they're doing must be wrong. No, yeah, it's it's, it's their fault. Um, for sure. Now let's get to the to the the really thrilling game of Spezia. You guys, <laughs> um, you guys, unfortunately went up really early, and then we Vlau they Allegri kind of looked at Vlau just like, "Hey, you want to play left back?" And he was like, "Yeah." So <laughs> um, he knew what he was signing up for when he yeah. And then you <laughs> had you had basically Delict playing second keeper and Rabiot stepping into the center defense. So how 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 did the, the question I want to pose to you is, is it worth it to like to play that style and, you know, not go very far in the Champions League? Maybe you'll win a Scudetto next year or two years. Or this year. So you're saying you're saying you're saying is it worth it to play a winning style of football? If you yeah. call that winning, sure yeah, depending what you mean by winning, if Scudetto is the goal, sure, you could win that way. You've you've proven it for almost a decade. Right. But like. If your aspirations are truly to win Champions League, I, you can't win that way. Especially when you can't team build the way that the other clubs can. You know? Look, but I'll, but Is I'll it say worth this, it? Like, uh, Juve weren't happy with the way they were playing, right? Three years ago, whatever. So they fire Max, get Sari. That doesn't work. They fire him, get Pirlo. Still doesn't work. Maybe Juve just can't play like really nice, pleasing to the eye soccer. It might be some. It's just not a thing. <laughs> I mean, you guys have. I don't know. You well, got, you here's guys... what I'll say. I think. I think in terms of in terms of like the Champions League and together, like no one, no one thought Juve was going to come in and 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 win big stuff this year. Um, it's obviously a transitory period for Juve, uh, and then that's not even counting into a fact. Taking into a fact just the terrible injury situation. That's like happening for the team right now. So the fact that we're, I don't know, picking up these like close wins, given that we're we're starting like youth players, I, I'm I'm totally fine with that. Um, like all memes aside, there's there should be no expectation that Juve wins the Champions League or just get there or anything like that. It's just about getting Champions League and and just trying to overperform with what you have. Um, and I think the Vlahovic signing was a massive move in that right direction in terms yeah. of team building because the team was not complete. The the whole in all those situations just. From top to bottom, like him leaving, just we were not planning for it, and the whole team is not constructed around. You know, the the whole team just needed something missing, and that something missing was Vlavic. And now it's going to take time to have players heal, build on on this current roster, and then next year we see what happens. But if we get top four finish, and you know we had a little sprinkle on the top of the deep Champions League run, maybe a Copa win, uh, that's fine by me. Yeah. I, I'd be happy with that. So you say these young players, right? And you're getting these wins. <laughs> But it's like, are you actually developing these young players to be good young players? Like, oh, think no. about it. 
like, yeah, you're getting the wins and you're getting points on the table. But no, not at all. It's hurting you because these young players that were promised to be these great, like, let's say, um, Ake was the young guy, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Isn't he supposed to be like a promising like left winger? If he's playing left wing back almost, then like people see it's like, oh, he's not the attacking talent that we thought he was going to be. He's dubbed the failure. So it's like there's this there's this weird balance that you have to play where it's like we have this good youth. The only guy, the Pellegrini's looked good because he's a left back. He's a defender. So he's looked good in the Allegri system. Yeah, but not when you think about who they got rid of. Exactly. Play. Yeah. So it's like. I get you getting the points, but it's like you're further going along with the strategy. That like we're not going to develop these prom these promising young towns that are going to fulfill their potential because the system they play in doesn't match what their skill set is, and then that leads them to leave, and then other rivals might pick them up and use them better. So here's here's my I mean, here's my question. There's there is yeah. a realistic possibility that you have a future front line of Vlaovic, Zaniolo, Chiesa. Are you worried that if you, by giving Allegri the keys to that car, that he's going to ruin it? Where's Dybala in that lineup? I, I mean, it, it doesn't... I don't think he's going to enter Stop. either. I don't think, I think he's too much Stop. money. I, he's, no, where's Dybala in that lineup? I don't think he's... I think he's gone. This is me assuming that he's gone. Rocco, if you want to leave the call, we can boycott it right now. Yeah, honestly, this is the worst thing I've ever heard. <laughs> um, I mean, all points are signing looking at him to leave. Not even just to enter, just he would anywhere never, he out never. of Juve. Apparently, he's like... If he, if he leaves, it's because they're offering him... A garbage contract. Rocco, I legitimately Rocco. believe he wants. Well, to, same thing. To be there. I I think his first and his first and foremost choice is Juve. I don't think there's any doubt. Agreed. About that. Yeah. I I think I think Arriva Ben is basically shortchanging him. He's saying, listen, you can't stay on the field. We're cutting costs. We spend a fuck ton in January. Yeah. We can't afford. Well, anymore. so what I've seen is they're going to try to do um, like less guarantee, higher bonus potential, which. Is shitty because it is like they're saying like, you know, like those are probably gonna be tied to appearances and goals. Um, and it's like, yeah, so they are essentially betting against him being successful. You know, it's like, is he the new Del Piero? Is he getting kicked out like they did Del Piero? And also Viali, if you go even further back. Yeah. Are they kicking him out like they kicked out Del Piero? I don't, I think that like with Del Piero is like they didn't, they just stopped you. Like Conte just wasn't using him. So it's like, I don't know if there was like a, a contract for him that he could have stayed, but with, with Dybala, it's like when he's fit, he plays, but like they are sort of showing him the door with it's the almost, uh, I think contract. it's almost like Del Piero not at the end of his career. It's more like Del Piero like 04, 05 when you had Zlatan and all these other Titans on the team. And he was just like, I think it was under, um, oh, who's he? Forgetting the coach's name, but I see his face. Anyways, Del Piero was super unhappy at that time. Like he was gonna go to like Real because he just was not playing. I think it's more akin to that situation where yeah, Juve is like yeah, there building. Are a lot of Titans on the team right now for Juve. <laughs> yeah, I'm talking you, about. I'm I talking about say, the, you the said nice Titan. good old days. I was when, like, uh, what? I'm talking about the nice good old days when, uh, when we won, <laughs> not fair and square. So Campo. Um, yeah, yeah, totally. But uh, no, I think it's I think it's more akin to that Del Piero situation. That that like Dybala is just it's a situation where we're getting new talent in and. The team is saying, well, how much is he worth? How much should we pay him? And Dybala is saying, well, you know, I'm loyal. I, I deserve this much, blah, blah, blah. I'm this talented. And it's just a, a clash of ideas and, and vision, I think. So, I don't know. Tim, I guess we'll see how it resolves itself. Just, I want to say one thing before we wrap on you, that just the goal that they did score against Spezia, oh. which was amazing. First of all, that goal. Beautiful. did you see who started it? My Stop. guy, Rugani. Of course. 
first touch pass cuts through the midfield. What was the quote in the group chat? If Rugani and and Artur played every game, they would be top of the table. No, I said if they played if they played that lineup with Dybala, they'd win the Champions League. <laughs> 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 well, well true. Speaking of winning, that's where I want to transition this to. Um, you know, we all have our own team that we're supporting in the Scudetto race. I can't even start with this guy. <laughs> but Julio, what percentage chance do you give for Juve to win the Scudetto? I can't even answer <laughs> this question. Give your give your top four breakdown, like uh, like percentage of the top four to win the Scudetto. Ninety nine percent. What was that? Sorry, is. you came in broken up. Ninety nine percent. Ah, there it is. There for, it is. For who? For who? You didn't say who? Sulcampo. <laughs> Sulcampo. Have to ask. You're not in the know. <laughs> Wait, so, so what do you rank the others? Just all 0%? <laughs> yeah, all, all point 0.2? <laughs> well, I mean, Julian doesn't the, care. You can split the one... Per, okay, so it's going to be Inter 1%, Juve 99%, and then Milan and Napoli 0. Ooh. Mike. Mike. Because they What's are family losers. Be like? <laughs> they are perennial losers. Oh, my God. Mike, family Matt, dinner. And you can see it. You see it on Mike's face. He doesn't believe in it. He uh, knows what I'm talking imagine, about. Imagine, they, imagine. They now losers. I'm cheering for Milan. Now, imagine, now I want folks, Milan to win it all. Folks, don't get yourself lost in the moment. History matters. It repeats itself. These teams are losers. <laughs> I don't think this is going to happen, but if the miracle that Juve don't finish top four, this is going to be on the Twitter oh. account pinned <laughs> all summer. All don't summer. Get me, don't get me excited, Marco. <laughs> um. So, so Rocco, let's... Yes, I was gonna say. Hopefully, you have a more logical take, but you are the first one to say ninety nine percent Juve. Ninety nine percent was for the Champions League. Yeah, I'm not the Champions League. If I had to say, I'd say probably like fifty percent Inter. Yikes! Milan and Napoli twenty twenty, and then I'll give Juve ten percent chance just because. <laughs> Just because Dybala said it's possible. So. I think that's fair. I, I, I think it's kind of fair. Maybe not be a little too high, but. All right, go on, you go. Oh, it's my turn? Yeah, you go. Um, oh, let's hear this one. I want to hear. I'm, I'm saving Mike for last. I want Mike to. History of 0% chance. This, this, will be a, this will be an honest take for sure, guys. No, I'm going to say. <laughs> I'm going to say. Mm, Milan, 40%. Inter thirty five percent, and then I'll probably go fifteen Napoli, and that leaves me with what? That leaves you with ten. Ten for Juve. Yeah, I'll give ten percent to Juve as well. Okay, Mike. No, yeah, how does Mike feel about Mike? That? Do you want to go now or you want to go last? I'm, I'm curious to hear Mike spewing hot just <laughs> venom at, at Rocco and Julia. I'm gonna say. Zero percent for Juve. Ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> ridiculous. Salah said it's possible. Come on. Fifteen for Napoli. Too high. Fifty for Inter, and thirty-five for Milan. I think Inter are still the favorites. Marco, I must stick with the Inter fifty. Inter 50, Milan 40. Oh. 
Juve, that is me what, 90, right? Juve yep. with eight, Napoli with two. Wow. I think that's how it is. Because that, that's, that's, that's grim. It is grim. Yeah, that's pretty sad. rough. That's it sad. is grim. Dude, I, I'm so down on Napoli after this weekend. They just, they ripped my heart out, man. So I got, I got four minutes before I have to go. But... I want to pose this question because I need to he get wants the, Bedlam. He I, wants Bedlam. I get the reaction <laughs> in the room. It's 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 a two pronged question, right? Marco and I were watching Tottenham roll over Everton over on Monday. Yeah, it was and we saw Dejan Kluzeski just absolutely dominating. Benton Core was making beautiful horizontal passes that I've never seen him do while, while at Juve. <laughs> so two questions. One, percentage that Juve will regret letting Dejan Kluzewski go. And two, I think I think I already know the answer to this question, but I want to want to make I want to confirm it. Has Conte already proven that he's a better manager than Allegri? That second one, I mean, an interesting one. For Kulusevsky, it's it's hard to say, like, yeah, they'll definitely regret it. Because I think even if he's really good, he would need to be better than Chiesa for it to be like they regret letting him go. Because I don't think I it's, it's ever going to work out with the two of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's definitely a chance. I don't know. Do I have to give you a number? Yeah, give me a percentage chance that they regret the choice. I guess the I guess the percentage chance that I think Kulusevski is long term better than Chiesa, I'll say like five percent. Wow. Yeah, it, it it depends on what you define as regret. If regret is he does a solid job at Tottenham, uh, like if he's better than he was at Juve, I don't think that's regret. You know, um, I I think I agree, with Rocco. Like the barometer has to be is he better than Chiesa, you know, in ten ten years, and that's I think there's like a one percent chance that happens and a ninety nine percent chance that Chiesa is better than. Kulusevski. It's like it's like you only know two numbers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then I mean the the, the content that, that was just I don't know. I think I think that's an interesting question. You have to give an answer though. You can't just say yeah. Thanks for acknowledging my question. Okay, so here's what I don't I don't answer immediately unless that's to do with Fiorentina or ninety nine percent and one percent. Um, <laughs> So I don't, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't Tottenham kind of on a, like a relatively awful run in like the past, like few weeks? I know they, they're, nah, they're very wishy-washy. They're right. wishy, they, yeah, look, they, look, they look great one game. They look abysmal the next. Yeah. yeah. I mean, even if you take out Tottenham and I, like, I don't think it has to do anything with Benton Kerr or Kulisowski. Um, I think, I think Conte is a better coach than Allegri. On, 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 and some, I, I think Conte's been around the world and has proven that he's a winner. Um, I think he has his shortcomings in the Champions League, but I, I don't think Allegri has much to show. In I, I feel like I feel like they're similar managers, and they get they make something out of shit. Um, then they have the capacity. I think Conte can do it better, and he's proven that he's done it in different leagues. So I feel like you necessarily have to say that Conte, based on his resume, is better than Allegri as a coach. Um. You can disagree with me, but that's what I, I think. I think that's a fair take. Rocco, I think if you are dropping a coach onto a team, and you're like, go, like, I don't know, like Real Madrid, like go coach 
tomorrow, you know, yeah. like if one game's play, I'd take Max because I think that he's he's probably more versatile and I don't know. I think that that sort of ridiculous scenario plays to his strengths a little bit. Um, Conte, if before last year, I would have been like, no, Conte just plays the same way, the same way, the same way. But he played that way really, really well with Inter. So uh, I think if you give him the players he needs and he can train them into the ground, yeah, I think he's better than, than Max. I think I might have to disagree there. You just said Conte was better than Max. No, no, no. Just in, in terms of how you described it. Like, if, if you had to give a one-off game, I think I'd go Conte. So I, I feel like, in my opinion, I feel like you're not taking into account just how the strong Grinta. the effect of Grinta is. <laughs> I knew it! I knew it was coming! <laughs> I fucking knew it was coming! Listen, Allegri, Allegri I, can, can, can make shit. Uh, it can make something out of shit, but, like, Conte can make Grinta oh, out of shit. God. I feel like I feel like you can't really quantify how powerful Grinta is in terms of uh, <laughs> it's a <laughs> it's an effect on your players. We need a we need a Julio uh, Bingo card. Let's, let's do picks. Not, let's do picks before Gaetano has yeah, to. Yeah, really go. fast, really okay. fast. Let's do. <laughs> well, you want to just do your picks and we'll just do ours at the okay, end. Yeah, give me the games. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, what are the games? Okay, all right. So that way everyone <laughs> starts thinking about it. Um, <clears throat> that was fucking. I knew it. The minute Julius yeah, started, started talking, talking about Conte, I was like, Grinta's going to be mentioned somewhere. Grinta. I think Julius' favorite player of all time was the Vidal of that Juve because he was just Grinta yeah, through and through. Great player, man. Okay. Holy shit. Um, so we have uh, Milan against Empoli. Yeah. We have Fiore at home against Bologna. We have, I like Verona, Napoli as a Yes, player. I was about to say that one. Verona at Napoli, and then we have Torino. Uh, sorry, Verona at home against Napoli, and then Torino. At home against it then. Okay. So hold on, let me get my let me get the sheet. Right yeah, write it down and uh yeah. yeah, yeah Wait, yeah, so are we all going or is guy? No, go just because we're gonna go right after. Yeah, because I was just going. Uh, we could all do it really quickly. Do you want to? Yeah, I'm yeah. Just do it. That's, yeah. yeah, let's just do them pretty do quick. It. All right, just give me one sec. All right, let me make sure I write these down correctly. Unlike last time. Um, okay. All right, Galan, you go first. Which game? We'll do the Milan Empoli. Give me Milan two nothing. Okay. As long as Kululu starts, no one can score on Milan. You said 2-0 Milan, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Mike, you go. Nope, not Mike. I'll take it. Um, I'll go... I like 2-0, but I need to make up points in the standings, so I can't <laughs> pick the same things. So I'll go 1-0 Milan. Julio? I'll go T1 Milan. T1. Yeah. What do you got? You, Marco? I know. Um, I'm going to go. Is Giroud out for this game? Yeah, I think he's going to play. I know he had that gash. I don't know if he's fully healthy, though. I think he's all right. I think he's all right. He's all, right. all right. I'm going to do 3-1 Milan. 3-1 Milan? Nice. Yeah. Got to mitigate the gap between me and my constituaries <laughs> and then call it a day. Um, okay, next game. Uh, let me. Mike isn't back yet, right? No, I'll tell you when. Yeah. No. Okay, yeah, just tell me when. Okay, just give me one sec. Okay, Fiora Bologna. 
and they're playing in Fiore. Give me Fiore three one. Damn it again. <laughs> three one to Fiore. Okay. Uh Rocco Giulio, who wants to take it first? Uh I'll go. Fiore. Mm, I'll go two one, Fiore. Okay, so two one. Compromising all my picks. <laughs> I won't go first in the other picks. So that no, no, that's fine. Two one Fiore. Julio. Listen, I'll say a three one win for the good guys. You know, <laughs> guessing Bologna is your good guy. Yeah, I guess he's not taking Fiore. Listen, listen, Fiorentina, man, they're 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 a great team. I think they're obviously going to win this game three one. Um, you know, I have faith in them. Okay, so so it's actually Fiore now. I wrote Bologna. Yeah, that was they're the that? good guys. They're the good guys oh in their own heads. All right, I'm right through on Fiore. You can shove it. <laughs> um, I like Rocco score two one. Um, I'm gonna go two. I'm gonna go one nothing Fiore. Okay, and then we'll just wait for Mike. Okay, uh, next game is Verona Napoli in Verona. Ooh, that's gonna be a banger. <clears throat> yeah. Also, hopefully Napoli fucking get points on them after three consecutive match days of not getting points on them. They cost them the last Champions League spot last season. Somebody oh yeah, I remember that. Somebody I'll go. Else, I'll go. Uh, Rocco, you go first on this one. Where is it, Verona? It's in Verona. Verona. Led by my guy, Gio Simeone. Yep. I'll go 1 1. Damn it. I was going to be our pick. All right, Julio, what's your pick? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to see who reacts first, and then I'm going to let them go next. 2 1, Verona. I'm, I'm putting my. my I was going to pick 2 1, Verona. It's going to be a banger, and then Napoli's going to have a heartbreak. Give me one nothing, Verona. Woo! Let's go, guy. Marco, <laughs> you gotta go with Napoli, right? I'm going two on Napoli. <laughs> Marco's gonna be able to get some points on the gap there. I hope so. No, no. Oh, let Mike be, let Mike, Mike make his catch yeah, picks Mike, real quick. Yeah, Mike make his picks. He's here, Mike. So Mike, start with Verona Napoli while Marco's still working on that one. At Verona. It's in Verona, by the way, Mike. I'm gonna say two one Napoli. Oh, oh. same score as me. Okay. All right. What about uh, Fiore Bologna, Mike? Where's this one? In Fiore. Say one nil Fiore. Wow! Unanimous panel going for Fiore. They're losing. Yeah, one of us, is, one of us is doing it sarcastically, <laughs> <laughs> and then the other game is uh, Milan Empoli, Mike, in uh, at Milan. Two 0 Milan. Oh, was, same as Galano. That was my pick too. Okay, last game. Kutron is going to miss a sitter on purpose. Torino, Inter. Galano, you go first. Go ahead, let guy. He's been teasing this all yeah. all yeah. pod long. Let's hear. Let's hear the uh, hamster wheel spin. 1-1. One, one. You tease this for 1-1. One, one. It's going to be 1-1. One, one. <laughs> I was expecting Can like, I go next? Yeah, Julie, you go next. Obvious 3 nothing Inter win. Great Ooh, team. They're on oh, great form. I don't know. I don't know. You got to feel, you gotta oh, feel where, where this is I the heard, point where, in the season. Where have I seen this the tactic champions, before? Excuse me, guys, I'm talking. You got to feel that this is the point in the season where the champions take over and win. Oh, my God. 
Watch Julio feel. get this completely right. I'll kill myself. You, no, <laughs> Julio would kill himself. Uh, Rocco, you go. Uh, 2-0, enter. 2-0, okay. Oof, obviously. All right, Mike, you go. I was going to take 2-0. Um... Come on, four still open. <laughs> 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 yeah, I'm going to match Rocco and say 2-0, enter. Let's go. It's a good pick. Rods. I'm going I'm going one zero enter. Wow, everyone's going enter. Holy shit. They're the playing. Champions they're playing are here. Everyone goes with the They're the best yeah, team. Where are they going yet? They're in Torino. They're in Torino. Yeah. No chance. Oh no, actually then forget it. Three nil Torino if they're in Torino. <laughs> <laughs> you know the same for the Stadio Dele Alpi. All right, so I'm, I'm, just, I'm just gonna read off what we have as predictions to make sure I get everything correct. Milan Empoli game. I have three one Milan. Um, Galano has two zero Milan. Mike has two zero Milan. Julio has two one Milan. Rocco has one nothing Milan. Fiore Bologna. I have one nothing Fiore. Galano has three one Fiore. Mike has one nothing Fiore. Julio has three one Fiore. Rocco has two one Fiore. For the Verona Napoli game, I have two one Napoli. Galano has one nothing Verona. Mike has two one Napoli. Julio has two one Verona. Rocco has one one. And then for the Torino Inter game, I have one nothing Inter. Galano has one one. Mike has two zero Inter. Julio has three nothing Inter. Rocco has two nothing Inter. Did I miss anything? You should put an asterisk next to Julio's uh, Fiorentina and Inter picks. There's no, there's no asterisks, man. We're just doing, we're just doing what you've been doing know, for, for weeks now. Um, Don't worry about it. Okay. Yeah. All right, Galano. Thank Peace you for joining. Guys. We're not going anywhere, Galano. Um, just gladly man. see yourself out. Okay. I'm getting out. I don't Part worry. of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I'm trying to figure this out. Oh, there I am. Ciao, guys. All right. Ciao. Yep. Now that he's gone. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Um, all right. Moving along to our next topic. Atalanta, man. I, I don't know what the hell is going on with them. They're, they're, their injuries are really killing them this time around. It's just, you know, I, I'm feeling every week goes by. I'm feeling much more confident about me picking them to be out of top four. I'm growing ever so confident that this will be the top four going forward. Yeah. Uh, Mike, you have any comments on this? No, big agree. Um, this is a team that's ravaged by injuries. I think losing Zapata was huge. And now they've lost Muriel for a, like a, a some amount of time. We're not sure yet, but it looks like, like Zapata's out for the season probably. But this is what you get when you don't reinforce in January. They got yep. stingy with that alleged war trust, and this is what happens. Like now, there's words that Malinowski might be on the move in the summer and stuff too. And I'm like, do I think that this is the end of them being a good team? No, but I, I think if a couple things go wrong this summer, if they lose a couple more pieces like that because they don't finish in Champions League, mm-hmm. you could see them drop back into being a Europa League squad. This this has been a really disappointing season for them. And I feel for them honestly because it's it's not even because of personnel. It's well, I mean personnel available. It's all because yeah. of just injuries and you never want to see that. 
Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, the Boga acquisition acquisition has looked really good. You know, he's he's actually blended in really well. Um, but you mentioned the Malinowski rumors. Where is he rumored to be going? Funny enough, I've seen some rumors <laughs> linking him to Milan, which I wouldn't mind so much. So now, is is he a center mid? Is he a striker? Like, what is his position? He's one of these guys who's a little bit fluid. He plays out on the right a lot, um, mm-hmm. the left, and you know, he's just a he's a good player. I don't think he's ever going to get to that great level. I think he's a dead ball specialist for sure. Yeah. But I think if you look at Milan, I'm like, okay, like he's an upgrade on shit that we have right now. He can play the middle. Like he's more versatile than I think a guy like Brahim yeah. is or something like that. Yeah, it's interesting to see because, you know, I feel like once Atalanta has his one down run in form and possibly not finishing the Champions League, they might be in this situation where it's like a lot of teams might come in for their players. Again, with Atalanta, I would be wary because those players work so well in that particular system. And so if they're out of that system, I don't think they're as effective with it. So it's it's going to be interesting to see kind of if they make that last push. I would love if they make that last push and knock Juve out of the Champions League. That would just be fantastic. But it's just, you know, it's one of those things where it's like you kind of hate to see it, but it's just, you know, sadly it's one of the things. But, you know, on the opposite side of that, like Roma, big win, one nothing. They're now somehow in the title hunt. Not title hunt, sorry, the top four hunt. With I think they're only, if I'm looking at this correctly. They're six, six points back off of Juve now. Yeah. And, like, you got to keep in mind, Atalanta has a game in hand on Juve, so they could be three points back of Juve. Mm-hmm. I still don't think Roma's realistically in the top four battle. No, I don't um, think so either. You'd need them to go on a real, real stretch in the last eight games. And I don't just, I just don't see that happening. Like, yeah, I'm gonna, from what I've seen this year, they're too streaky. Yeah, I'm trying to see what their, uh, what their next games are. So they have Europa League coming up, uh, actually this Thursday. Um, I didn't know that. So. Then they have Udinese, and then they have Europa League, uh, the Europa Conference League, I should say. Apologies. Again, I was say they're not even in the real Europa yeah. League. But they still have they still have a tough road ahead. They still have to play the the Roma derby. Then they have two easy games with Sampdoria, Salernitana. But then back to back to back, they have Napoli, Inter, Bologna, and Fiore. And they end with Venezia and Torino. So they have a lot of hard games coming. That Roma Napoli game could potentially be huge. In terms of dictating the top four, if Roma go on a crazy run of form, yeah, I, I I still just don't see it. I don't think that they've looked super convincing. Mm-hmm. This is a team that struggled against mid-level competition, and I think like if you're gonna finish in the top four, you need to get those results, and they just haven't. Mm-hmm. If I were betting on it, I'd say that they finish no better than six would be my bet. Would be my bet. Yeah, I think right now it's probably Atalanta fifth, Roma sixth, um, and then maybe Fiorentina sneaks in there. I know I've been kind of being their drum. I I honestly think Lazio might be more likely to finish ahead of Um, Roma. You think so? Yeah. Well, they're point back of them yeah. right now, but I think that they've been playing much better in the Yeah, half. I, again, like I remember our narrative with Roma was that they were very unlucky, and I think that now Lazio 
Roma had refereeing decisions kind of go against them to an extent. But Lazio, I think they're just unlucky with their level of play and the results that they're they're yielding from it. Because again, the Napoli game, I thought they were the better team, but Napoli somehow pulled away with it. And then, you know, I don't know. Like th- that to me is an intriguing battle. Uh, I'm very curious to see. That Roma derby is going to be insane with all the implications it has on it. Um, but yeah, it, it's going to be hellacious environment to say the least. Yeah, I'm, I'm broadening my vocabulary. I'm trying my best here. Julio, are you there? Where, where, where did Julio go? He'll be back. He'll be back? Oh, man. We're closing out with a fun question here? Yeah, we're going to close it. I mean, half the pod just kind of disappeared. But um, yeah, so I guess you and I can just tackle this. Um, you can tackle it first. You know, we have a fun question. In terms of, you know, a lot of Italian teams have great history. So if you were to pick a player from the last 10 years for your team to improve your team today the most, who would it be? Mike, I'm going to start with you. That's tough, man. Uh, Last 10 years haven't been kind to Milan. Um, I think Thiago Silva falls just outside of that window. Mm Mm-hmm. If it weren't, I would take him just because of how good he is, you know, obviously. <sighs> um, it's really a difficult question because I like I'm I am i am I'm struggling to find anyone like this might like just be the best iteration of Milan at any point. Like I I wouldn't take Donnarumma because Manyan has been so good. I think both of our outside backs are the best that they've been in years. I think maybe a midfielder in the past. Well, I'm like, who's who in the midfield? Like, do I take Ricardo Montolivo? No, you just you get you get Kevin Prince Boateng. Just bring him back. (laughs) Legitimately, might pick like that one and a half season version of El Shadawi. Yeah, to be on the way when he was just. What about what about Pato? That's more than ten years ago. It's 2012. No, it's like it's like it's like right on the cusp. It's like right there. I guess you could take Pato. Yeah, that that would be that would be one I would just maybe think about. Um, I liked I loved El Shirawi when I was a kid. Yeah, I kind of feel like that kind of player profile would really help us. Yeah, I'm just gonna I'm gonna answer Julio's question for him, and it's the Conte Vidal. Just, I'm not even going to, oh, totally. yeah, that, that's Julio written all over it. If you want to speak to Rocco's pick and I'll pick an Isles pick. I were Rocco. I mean, it's definitely, it's one of those guys from that UVM. Yeah. Field. Yeah. It might be Marquisio. Yeah, I feel like Rocco would have a tendency yeah. to pick Marquisio. I don't know that Pirlo would be the best dude or honestly might be Pogba. Like, yeah, those, that Juve Pogba was so nasty. Yeah, he in the shame. It's like you you possibly debate if he's like lost it, which you know it's sad to see. I mean, he is a World Cup winner, so he really technically didn't lose it. He just utilized it differently. Um, if I were to pick for Galano, I would want to say um, a younger version of Handanovic. No, it's it's one. Well, maybe that. Yeah, one of two. I think maybe Joao Cancelo. On yeah, the, on the right wing yeah. back would be one, and another one. Hakimi is the obvious one. What? 
Hakimi and like Lukaku, I feel like are obvious. I'm not, yeah, I'm not trying to go to last season. I'm trying to like go a little further back. Um, and then possibly Freddie Wadin as like a midfielder because he was good for Inter when he was the only like respectable midfielder. Um, when he was at Inter, but you know, those are my guesses for him. Obviously, we might we're going to talk about it on the pod and it's going to be on Twitter where we pose the question. Um, but I would say for Napoli. We talked about earlier. Right now, for me, it's tied between Levesi and Hamsik, are probably the two that I would think about. Gun to my head in terms of what fits the team better, probably Levesi, just because of the winger. We, you know, we need Napoli needs depth. I loved Levesi. He was so entered. He had he had so like he had like that one like X tattoo behind his ear, which was like not gonna lie, pretty gangster. I liked it a lot. Um, bad man, bad, yeah, bad man. He went. He was. He was the first, one of the first to go to the PSG Dream Team machine. Yep. It was him and uh, Cavani back in the day. Um, but yeah, I mean, other than that, do you have anything else you want to talk about, Mike? And anything that we can shit talk the other guys about while they're not here? Well, ninety nine percent chance Juve doesn't. <laughs> That's all yes. I've got to say. Yeah. I'm wrapped for the week. To your word, your your mouth to God's ears. Um, yeah, I mean that, that that pretty much wraps it up for us. Um, again, thank you to everyone for listening to the pod. Follow us on Twitter at Calcho underscore Nostro. Until next time, ciao everybody.